It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game on Rock 101.1, live from the Bubba's 33 at the South Plains Mall, with Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Free Game, Jeff Scott. All right, coming up today on the Rockin' Free Game, Tyree Wilson drafted seventh to the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. That's pretty cool. We'll talk about that. Also, we'll talk to former Red Raider basketball star Matt Mooney. Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout drops by to talk baseball as uh, Red Raiders visit uh, K-State with a vital series starting. Is that Kansas State? or I thought, I thought they were playing. Uh, what, what was it? Who, who's playing Oklahoma State? Uh, Soft softball. That's softball. Okay, I just saw right before I left the station, I saw it press release yeah. about that they moved the game for that. Yes. they're not doing it tonight yeah, right because it's a yeah, doubleheader double tomorrow. tomorrow yeah so all right anyway um yeah so we'll talk some baseball with our friend keith patrick and uh you know whatever else we'll have some recruiting news uh for sure from Jarrett and uh absolutely get some uh, portal Raiders. talk a lot of portal talk and basketball portal okay. talk so that's all the rage right now yes everybody loves the loves the portal talk so uh we got that coming up today Time to take the pulse of the Red Raider Nation with our rockin' reality check. Pete? Yes? Why don't you get us started here today? Yeah. Um, you know what? I uh, Today, I am really proud to be a Red Raider fan. I'm freaking proud. Uh, oh. uh, just for a lot of reasons. One, uh, I'll start back on Thursday. I got to interview uh, Joey McGuire at the National Football Foundation lunch, uh, dinner, and... Uh, just before the practice, I kind of fangirled over him, and I told him uh, that. I mean, I felt like a fangirl. I said, "Man, coach, uh, you know, I just I thanked him for and really what he's doing off the field, what he's doing for our communities out all all over the place, uh, and just you know, uh, the, the football is the heartbeat of the of the program. It's the heartbeat of our community. I mean, I go to work with pep in my step when they win, and I'm really down when they lose. So. I, uh, you know, I'm really pumped up uh, for what he's doing, and I just thanked him, and I told him, man, it is all about relationships, what it is for me, too, as well. Hey, I'll take a strawberry lemonade. I'll just say it, say it out loud. I'm like, anyway, uh, if I can. When it, when it comes to the rocks, too. No. When, when, it, when it comes to, to getting good stuff, peace water already, for All me. ready to go at yeah. Elvis 33. Yes. Um, Did you say you, so, kind of, you got a pink lemonade? Strawberry. No, strawberry. Oh, okay. Yeah, he always strawberry gets strawberry lemonade. lemonade. So, but what, he, sounds, what are you, eight years old? It sounds about right. Yes. So, but then uh, he ordered off the with, kid with cream, also. right? Yeah. No. <laughs> so I'm really excited what Joey McGuire does. He, I think he elevates everybody, makes everybody feel special, and I think we all should have some Joey McGuire in us and make people feel special, helpful, and get out there and uh, and you know make our community better. But. Last night, uh, if you look for the video, it's on Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know, uh, Tyree Wilson has just got the call. He's going to be a Raider. They're about to announce it. It's about to be on the screen. And he gets up getting off the phone, and someone yells, Go hug your mother. And as he's hugging his mother, there in the background is James Blanchard and Joey McGuire. Mm -hmm. And Joey McGuire is not just clapping. You can see the guy is just beaming like it's his son. Uh, these co I mean, it's real relationships these guys have. I, I was really proud of all that. So that's one. Two, uh, I've done 82 of my lunches. Uh, mm. 81 of them have been on Wednesdays. This week I moved it to Tuesday. 
uh, we had Stephanie Scott from the 93 Lady Raider team. I didn't tell anybody why we moved it, but then Stephanie got up there and told everybody why I moved it for Krista Gerlich. And uh, that's one of her best friends. Krista, so happy to be there. I thought that was awesome. That's so, that explains why I was the only one there Wednesday. Right. Yeah. yeah. Disappointing. I, I didn't get the didn't get the word. I, well, I was, you should. Uh, but now I'm going to give you the word. <laughs> how, how, how do people get the word real quick by texting? Well, we're, we're gonna we're not gonna be using that anymore. So. You're not using the text anymore. No. <laughs> Why? What'd you do? What happened? We'll talk about it later, guys. <laughs> 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 me up in the first three minutes of the show, and I don't like it. I don't like it. Uh, uh, but Red Raider, am I there? Oh, Red Raider fans, put it on your calendar right now. May 17th, my next lunch. It's a Wednesday, 8517 Urbana. We got Red Raider Bryce Ramirez coming eight months to the day that he uh, got that horrible, gruesome leg injury uh, and, uh, at NC State. But he is coming to talk. Uh, and then... Uh, just feeling weird in my in my ears. Uh, no, I just I was my ears were about to start bleeding because it was so loud. I'm not sure what's so, going on yeah. here, but uh, I know Sean is scrambling over there, so I know something's <laughs> going on. But May 17th, come on out. Bryce is going to come share his story, uh, the setback leading to the comeback, and uh, we're going to then pray over him. Uh, we prayed for him when he was down. We're going to pray over him when he's up. And, uh, man, cannot wait. May 17th, come out for that. Uh, what else did I want to mention? Just, uh, you know, Red Raider baseball on the road tonight. Uh, you know, you got to get some wins on the road. Uh, you, you got to. And then uh, Brandon Francis uh, tweeting out he's on his way to Indonesia today to finish up his season. And then he can't wait to be here July for the TBT tournament. All right. awesome. So it looks like he's on the team. And then if you look on his... Uh, Twitter, his pinned tweet is from, 19, uh, from 2019, uh, always a Red Raider. So he is. So uh, that's exciting, too. And then the final thing I want to mention, talking about a good guy. You already know who I'm going to talk uh -oh. about. Uh -oh. He's a good guy. Last night, number one pick in the draft, Bryce Young, Alabama, June 4th, 2016. Seven years ago, Bryce Young called the Texas Tech, came to camp, got his first scholarship offer from Texas Tech. Cliff Kingsbury knows quarterbacks. I just wanted to end on that. Well, that's quite a story. Yeah, wow. that's a true Dang. story. Yeah. You can find the tweet on my page. I just tweeted it from 2016. All right, Jared. I don't know, man. I don't know how to follow that. He had uh, you know, some mis technical issues, uh, be keeping secrets from us. Oh, yeah. I'm, keep I'm a secret keeper, baby. He ordered drinks. Uh, man, talking draft, talking baseball. Uh, yeah, we're going to have Matt Mooney uh, on. Really good interview. Uh, he's always a, gr a great interviewer. Um, he has a camp coming up. I know uh, you and Matt are tight, Pete. Yes. Uh, Matt and I going back to the recruiting process i remember talking to him or messaging with him almost daily about just his decision if he should stay in illinois or go to illinois and be close to family here we go let's just keep it going it's gonna be one of those shows i can tell sounds like i got like rolled up or something somebody tackled me <laughs> when somebody's mic'd up you know they roll the ground ah <laughs> uh, anyways matt moody interview i'm really looking forward to it cool guy uh great great person great red raider um yeah, Tyreek, you know, it, I, I was really hoping he would go top five. Yeah. But, I mean, he's the highest uh, 
drafted Texas Tech defensive player in history. I mean, at seven, he's going to the Raiders. Uh, they already have some pretty good defensive linemen, which could actually help him, not hurt him. Uh, Crosby is a monster there as an edge rusher. Uh, so not so much pressure on Tyree. I don't know if that bothers him or not. But, uh, you know, we all saw him at the spring game and, uh, you know, talked to him. And just what a cool guy. Tyree's, I mean, I, I know that gets overused or people be like, oh, he's a cool guy when he's a great player. But he really is, you know. And sometimes that could be rare where some of these great players, especially somebody who knows they're about to become a multimillionaire, has that kind of success. They're just, you know. Their personalities change, and Tyree seems like the same dude as he was when he showed up in 2020. You know, he likes to fish, he likes to hunt, uh, just down to earth, uh, really cool guy. So I'm really happy for him. He's a great player too, legitimate athletic marvel. So uh, you know that, and uh, man, the Cowboys, the Cowboys, man. <laughs> the Cowboys had the Cowboy. I just, you know, I, being being a wound to the tune Cowboy fan, seeing the Eagles do stuff seeing the Houston Texans being in-state, make moves and everything. And I know it's not about winning the draft. It's about winning on Sundays, but I don't know, man. They, they give me heartburn. I'd like the Cowboys to win something. Yeah, something. You know, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they just give me heartburn. You know, I'm always like I said, I'm always going to be a Cowboys fan, but they just really do. I, I like that dude. They got that defensive tackle they got out of Michigan, but I don't know. It just seems like they need help in some other places as well. So I know there's a lot of people listening that are Texas Tech fans, but there are some obviously some Cowboy fans out there. And, uh, I'll be interested to see what they do tonight uh, yeah. with a couple of picks in the second and third round. All right. We, you guys both mentioned Tyree Wilson. Uh, he, uh, we asked uh, him recently what it means to be a Red Raider in the NFL. Man, I mean, it's, it's an honor to be a Red Raider. You know, a lot of... A lot of great traditions, a lot of great players, you know, that came through this, you know, school and this program. And, I'm, you know, I'm excited to be, you know, one of those people. Yeah, and then, uh, interestingly, just his, his thoughts, uh, who who's he think the, the next Texas Tech defensive player would be to get drafted here in the future? You know, watching here, you know, I think Steve Lynn is going to be, you know, a great player and, you know, somebody that's going to be at the next level next year. All right. So you, you agree with that? You've seen Lynn Platt. I know you guys are You know, big. everybody keeps talking about how great this guy is. Yeah. And, you know, he had three and a half sacks in Syracuse last year. He looks a little undersized, but then we saw him at the spring game, and I was impressed. Yeah. I was really impressed. Like, all right, there's – this is legit. This guy could be a legitimate star. And, I mean, there's some people high up in the program who have told me he could be first-team All-Big 12 and get double-digit sacks next wow. year okay. so, or this, right. this coming season. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, uh, coming up next, uh, inside the Red Raiders recruiting, we'll start with uh, we'll start with basketball, and it's uh, some some portal some portal news for basketball. Is that correct? Is that what yeah? We, we got, got a couple of football. Yeah. We got, I'll tell you what. I'll do two each: two targets, basketball targets, uh, and then two football tar- right. portal targets as well. All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, it's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame. We're live from Bubba's Thirty-Three. On Rock 101.1. The Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame from Bubba's 33 in minutes on Rock 101.1. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Bubba's 33, Wiley Implement, Pete's Tires, and Chrome. 24-7 Sports, it's Inside the Red Raiders Recruiting with Jarrett Johnson. All right. So we got a little football, we got a little basketball. Yeah. Which one do you want to start with? 
Um, I, I don't know. It's uh, your, your your world, man. It's my world. Yeah, Jeff, okay. Uh, I, I tell you what. Let's let's start with football, then. All right. Well, here's one thing I think that's going to surprise some people out there. Um, you know, if you're not like on inside the Red Raiders or follow recruiting um, a lot, is that Tech's not done adding to this roster for next year. Um, they're actually targeting several positions. Linebacker, clearly. Um, they wouldn't mind even adding another edge. It seems like they're stacked at edge, right? Yeah. Nah, they're loading up. They're loading wow. up for to make a run of the Big 12 championship. They're, they don't want anything to hold them back. Um, which, you mean, you could argue coaches, they do that every year, but yeah. they feel like they have a real opportunity here next, yeah. next year. So they're, they're loading up, and there's been some guys down the depth chart here coming out of spring that have hit the portal, and part of that is not processing, so to speak, but letting guys know, I mean, you're probably not going to play. I mean, if you want right. playing time, you should probably look elsewhere, and we'll help you do that, you know. So tight end, uh, maybe even running back, safety, linebacker, all those positions, and then maybe tackle. Wow. That's what I'm hoping. Okay. I haven't yeah. actually heard that. I'm like, what about tackle? Like, well, right. But uh, we'll have to see. And a couple of guys that uh, recently picked up offers, both on the defensive side. This one is really intriguing to me. Uh, Connor Near, a linebacker out of Ferris State. That's Division uh, Division Two. Big, fast dude. Was an All-American. Uh, won two national championships. At Ferris State, he has a couple years of eligibility remaining. So he recently, I think in the last week, he picked up an offer from Texas Tech. That's somebody to watch. Another guy is, uh, and this is more you know, big-time football, even though I like both these guys, is uh, edge rusher Anthony Jones out of Oregon, 6'5", 242. So I believe he was uh, Tim DeRuiter. I believe he recruited him to Oregon originally. I, don't hold me to that, but I, I believe, sense, I believe though, right? so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so. Yeah, uh, that's somebody. I mean, six five two forty. That guy's ready to go. You know what I mean? You don't have to put weight on him as an edge rusher. You know, as yeah, an outside yeah. linebacker. Um, <clears throat> so, those two guys are the most recent offers in football. But like I said, uh, portal offers. Uh, man, I, I would not be surprised that between now and when they kick off the season, they had four or five guys, which they don't have room as we sit today that I know of, in terms of scholarships. You know, you got to. You still have to be at or under the 85 scholarship limit. So it'd be, you're saying that there, there's going to be other guys Bleeding. that will be asked yes. to transfer out or something? Yeah. Yep. There'll be right. other guys yeah. who see the right on the wall and leave. Yep. Right. How, however you, yeah. you know, you yeah. said it correctly. Yeah. You know, yeah. However you want to state it, state it. That's that's but it. To bring in some transferred guys that, mm-hmm. like you said, are ready to play yeah. immediately and plug in some depth and some holes like that. Man, that's. And you have to keep in mind that this team has more depth than, and it's not even close, uh, than any other team in the past decade that Tech has had in football. I mean, position group by position group, they have more depth than, I mean, quarterback. I mean, Tyler Shuck, he's the dude. But if Barron steps in there, does anyone have a doubt that uh, he can go go anywhere in in the Big 12 and pick up a win for you with this team? You know, running back, you feel really good about him. A receiver, I mean, go down. the, The only question I really have at this point is tackle and kicker. But kicker looked pretty good in, in uh, the spring game. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to see. But that's that's really it in terms of the transfer portal with football right now. All right. So how about uh, basketball? Oh, man, that's where the juice is, man. Okay. It's hopping on inside the Red Rays, man. People are either somewhere between pulling their hair out and just like, hey, this is a pretty good start. You know, like yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. So and everywhere in between that. I mean, right. there's a lot of people that are like, we're not going to have a team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, man, is, is April still right? I mean, come on, you know. Right. If 
we're in July and they, you know, still have like big time holes in, in the roster, then I'm like, okay. But, uh, you know, obviously Chance McMillan signed, Darian Williams signed, so that's official. Yeah. Um, and a couple of new portal prosper targets and offers, uh, at least new in terms of the last week or so, is uh, Zarek Anyema out of UTEP. Uh, average seven points and four point four rebounds, six eight two thirty. He's okay. big space big guy, eater, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, they that you could use. Uh, Texas and A and M are both in the mix for him too. So those, okay. it's, it's a Texas triangle battle for for the El Paso native. Uh, I, the one thing I don't like about him is free throw shooting. It's like Shaq, like fifty fifty four percent kind of thing. Like hack a Shaq, hack a hack a Arik, as uh, but. He is exactly what you need in terms of the physical presence that Tech doesn't have on the roster. Right. Right now. You have Jennings, who I like, but this guy's more of a space eater than him, in, in my opinion. And then another guy, I'm really excited about this guy, is uh, Chendall Weaver out of UTA. He was the WAC freshman of the year. So they already got signed the Mountain West freshman of the year. Now they're going after the uh, WAC freshman of the year. And he, he's coming, he's transferring from UTA. UTA was not good. But this kid, as a freshman, averaged almost 10 points. Four and a half rebounds, two assists, and shot 44% uh, from the field. And he's a good passer. Uh, he's a good facilitator, even though he's really a, like a combo guard. 6'3". Um, it's, but to be a freshman and to have a two-to-one turnover ratio, playing with a bad team, that's pretty impressive, you know. Um, and the Tech coaches went and visited him at home earlier this week. Texas is also in the mix there. Okay. So you're battling Texas for a couple of guys, a couple of transfers, you know, from the state of Texas. Right. So that, that's those are the two right now I have my eyes on. But they're you know they're out recruit or recruiting high school guys. They made I can't remember who, the, who it was, but they made an offer to the 2025 guy recently. Um, Graham McCaslin is working, y'all, because <laughs> some, some people are like I I've really I know expectations have been raised for Texas Tech basketball right. and deservedly so. We've seen that with baseball, like. It's Omaha or bust right now for Tim Tadlock. I mean, really, if he doesn't go to Omaha, it's like, oh, what a failure. Like, oh, you're right. I mean, no, he went you know, to a super regional. You know. But uh, that's where it is with basketball is that, you know, they expect immediate. And, and I tell you what, Joey McGuire, too, with how he brought in so many recruits and had so much success, like the day he was announced, officially announced, he had right. four commits, you know, right. or three Remember or four that, commits. Yeah. And so a lot of people are judging McCaslin by Joey McGuire Tim Tadlock, and that's – I mean, that's, that's dangerous. The guy's been here weeks. You haven't even been here months yet. Let's let's let him do his thing. And uh, I, I like the start. I like that he purged that roster. I, I did not yeah. like that team last year. I'm just going to be honest. It was probably my least that. favorite team, regardless of sport, that I've covered at Texas Tech in a decade. Yeah. And that's saying a lot. That is. That I mean, is I did. I, I loathed that team. The yeah. personalities. It wasn't just. Adams. It wasn't just the staff. It wasn't just the players. It was everybody. It was complete. The it whole was, thing was dysfunctional. It was. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like all of us had some stink on us. You know, like <laughs> if you were like in the arena, it was like you played a role in it somehow. You know what I mean? It was just that bad of a season. So I'm glad they blew it up. I'm glad they brought in, um, you know, McCaslin, and he didn't keep anybody. That he's doing his own thing, and um, that, you know, yes, they lost some talent. You know, Bacho left. They wanted to keep him. That's the one miss so far I've seen in recruiting. Um, but Jalen Tyson, talented, but it's it's okay that he left. <laughs> really, I mean, trust me, it's yeah. it's okay, really. So, because that's the one I think everybody was freaking out. Yeah. It seemed like you know, like, oh my God, how do you let a guy like that walk? How do you, uh, you know? He reminded me like 
one thing I don't, I don't know if people realize, but Terrence Shannon was like a, like a high drama. Like they call him a drama queen. You know what I mean? But he also would be like, hey, why don't you start? I'll be I'll come off the bench. You know? He also took as many charges as anybody. So if you're going to be drama, like have high drama rate, you got to produce and do some of the stuff like that, the selfless things as well, yeah. to be a teammate. You know what I mean? So I'm not making just a bunch of new accusations here. This is stuff that's been out there. I'm not saying Jalen Tyson is like a bad person. I'm just saying it's not the worst thing that he left. Yeah. It's not. So, And I really like Darian Williams. Darian Williams is basically like a replacement. Who uh, He was the uh, whack freshman of the year coming over from uh, Nevada. So uh, I think Graham McCastle is doing a good job. I think he's finding pieces that – um, and he's targeting pieces that will fit his system. And uh, I, I like that he hasn't like, – everybody wants right now instant gratification, and I don't think that's the way to success in this specific situation. Yeah. Well, especially after everything was so messed up last season. Yeah. He, he wants to come in and make sure he's he gets it right, you know. I mean, especially when you, you got the good graces of being the new head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, people usually give you well, a look. Not right thing. now. Well, well, it, maybe it's just the crazies say. on Inside the Red Raiders, right. but social media, too, is like, man, settle but, but down. But it it's the, the expectation for basketball where it's been these last several ah, years. Yeah. I mean, there is a shorter window. I mean, it's not like you got three years to figure it out. I don't think well, it's, no, I really you don't. Think it's that. But I think that uh, year one, you know, guy has a chance to build the foundation of what, you know, what he wants to do. And I think most reasonable people – at least get that. There's just <laughs> yeah. not a lot of reasonable, pe- reasonable right. people. Reasonable people don't say much. Well, it's fanat- that's true. That's <laughs> you true. Know? And yeah. you, you know the definition of a fan. You know, is a fanatic. So yeah. I mean, you gotta. Yeah. I'm I'm thankful that they're fanatical about Texas Tech. Yeah. But uh, let me ask y'all a question: uh, If McCaslin and Tech don't go to the NCAA tournament in year one, would you consider it a major disappointment? Um, yeah, that's really know, the well, big picture to me. Right. It's like, right. I agree. I think I, I would be, as long as the, the team at least looks competitive and you see things where you don't feel like this whole past year the wheels were falling off, everybody yeah. knew it, and it looked that way, it felt that way. If, if they at least, uh, you know, look like things are settled and it's a cohesive team and everybody's getting along and maybe they're just not quite there yet, I could live with it in year one. No, that's what I think. Would an NIT bid be okay? No. I, who cares about the NIT? I'm not like I'm not okay? I'm not t- t- on you. I'm just saying I've heard so many people like when Tech was con- or people were hoping they'd go to the NIT. I, I don't understand. Who cares about the NIT? That's you know what I mean? Like I, I mean, not, not interested. Right? I, I just but no. A lot of people are. I'm well, like, why? But it, it's hard to say. You know. Because you, you don't even know what the team is yet. That's like some nonsensical guy saying they're going to win the bowl game, and you don't even know who's oh, playing in the game. So it's Sean's to, turn to was, take I, it. I, I, <laughs> shots, I, I think uh, I think it would be a disappointment. But I mean, I mean, if they're fifteen and fifteen, nine and twenty, or something, you know, horrible records, yeah. of course. But if they're even if they're at 18 and 13 and don't make it, it's a disappointment. I mean, they got to make the NCAA. Really? Year one? I, I would I would hope. But, uh, you know, he's going to bring in all these superstars. you got to get them to jail because some of these guys aren't going to be the star. Who's going to be the sixth man? Who's going to – what, I'm only playing 10 minutes a lot? I mean, you know, this, this, this world is just nuts, dude. Did you see the Elijah Fisher interview? No, I didn't. Yeah, but I uh, I, that, you know yeah. what? He lost credibility when he said all he ate was salmon and steak. You can eat any damn food in this town. Give me a break, loser.
Wow. wow. It's ridiculous. Right. Dude, don't take a shot at our city. Go back to Canada, eh? Seriously, man. All his other stuff lost credence with me when you're complaining about food. So what'd you get for uh, lunch, Pete? Steak or, or salmon? Man, uh, I got the uh, I got the grilled salmon for the fifth day in a row. Must be tough. That's what a lot of people say. It's like, man, salmon and steak. This yeah. sounds pretty good. No, I don't. I didn't understand that. You man. get transfer you now or whatever. No, man, transfer. I'm gonna stay into it, man. I'm going stay back to Syracuse. No. <laughs> I'm red raider for life, man. <laughs> okay, that's what they all say, Pete. Okay. For those who don't hey, know, if, if you're, when you, one of these guys transferring out tweeted out red raider for life, no, no. Hmm. Not true. No, it's not true. If you transfer, you're not Red Raider for life. I, I tend to agree with that. Yeah, ridiculous. If you graduate, but why would you tweet you, that you out? You're Red leaving Red for life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I got you. So, what is the definition of Red Raider for life? Like, you you can't like. What if you go to get your master's at like Baylor or something? <laughs> Are you a traitor? Yes, <laughs> you're out. You're out. Yeah. No, I'm saying if, if you go play for another team. Yeah, no, I hear you. Right. Foods here, guys. Okay. Uh, I, 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 I agree with I agree with everybody saying. Okay. <laughs> all right, now food from above is thirty-three, looking great today as as always. So, um, all right, well, uh, I guess that's it for recruiting then. Yes, sir. For <laughs> it now. is now the food yep. here. So. <laughs> all right, uh, we come back here. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's almost soccer time again here. You know, Lubbock Matadors. We got uh, GM Dustin McCorkle waiting in the wings here, at Bubba's, to join us and talk some Lubbock Matadors and uh, get the excitement uh, going before their red-out game to open the season. So we'll find out more about that uh, coming up next here. It is the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game. We're live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Of the Billy Madison Show. More attractive diners get seated up front where they can be seen, while ugly-ass patrons are seated in the back, sometimes even rejected altogether. That would be tough to be... Like to go to a restaurant and they're just like, yeah, we can't serve you. And really to find out that it's just because you're ugly. And it's like, I was just trying to eat. <laughs> it's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. The Lubbock Matadors. All right. Soccer time. Lubbock Matadors, joined by GM Dustin McCorkle from the Matadors. Thanks for uh, being here today. Yeah, so excited to be back. Uh, we were just talking about how it feels like it was uh, forever ago, but it wasn't. Uh, so it's so good to be back for year two. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you've been very busy even in the off season, right? It uh, never takes. You probably never take a day off. Do you? Yeah, it actually <laughs> has been uh, even busier uh, on the business side. It's been incredible. Uh, we jumped up from twenty some sponsors year one to over sixty year two. Oh, wow. So. Nice. Uh, we've had a, a crazy busy off season, but that set us up to do some more uh, cool fan engagement pieces coming up for year two. All right. And uh, as you tell us about the new home place, why don't you just, you know, there are some people in, in some parts of Lubbock who live under rocks. <laughs> tell everybody what the Lubbock Matadors are and then where are you guys going to be playing this year? Yeah, uh, Lubbock Matadors are uh, Lubbock's semi-pro soccer team. We play in the NPSL National Premier Soccer League. Um, there is now a hundred teams across the country participating in the NPSL. Um, two years ago, the national champions were in our conference, which uh, we beat them twice last year and uh, kept them out of the playoffs. So our team uh, coming in as a new club, 
with uh, no expectations, delivered on some pretty big wins last year. Um, but we uh, are playing our, our new home games for year two at Cooper Pirate Stadium. So uh, really excited to be um, at this uh, venue. We're going to have some new things that we're able to do. Uh, Cooper's been phenomenal to work with. And uh, we're really now going to be able to take our soccer culture, our soccer events to the next level playing at this new venue. Does that mean like the the smoke bombs and stuff? Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, because I bring that, on the smoke. That, that's what I assumed. Well, you've got the right colors, too. Yeah, so last... <laughs> the black and the red. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so last year uh, there's a little bit of restrictions uh, where we were. Um, this year we're going to have food trucks that are going to be a little more cultural to our event, which I'm really excited about, a little more business, community-friendly. Uh, but in addition to that, our supporters do have red smoke bombs ready to go for when goals go off. Nice. Um, I just saw some photos. Uh, they did a huge TIFO, which if you're not familiar, is a, a painting that is ginormous that they'll be marching in with the stadium. It's a skeleton of a matador uh, with flames that say it's a dry heat. Um, <laughs> and that'll be staring at the opposing team as they march into the stadium. Oh, so nice. uh, our supporters group has been phenomenal. and. Uh, if you're not familiar with how the event goes, you should come check it out because uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and you guys had incredible attendance, and it, I, I would assume it's only going to get better this year. Yeah, I mean, that's the hope, right, is uh, there, there's a lot of teams that go through what they call a sophomore slump. There's excitement around year one, but there were so many people after, year, after our season that said, oh, I didn't realize the games were happening, or oh, I didn't realize we had a team yet. So I'm hoping that that translates into we have an untapped audience of people that are going to come in and experience it for the first time. and. I think uh, the word's gotten out that even if you're not a soccer fan, I think we converted Jeff last year yeah, uh, to, to being a little footballer. There, yeah. yeah, so um, even if you're not into that, it's something fun to do during the summer. Great for the family. It's awesome. We had so much fun last year. Yeah, and, and we've got new cool giveaways. We've got new sponsors that are going to be handing out stuff. We've got new in-game elements. Um, we're going to be doing a, a Matter of the Night feature. We just rolled out a mascot. Um, so if you got kids, there's going to be some cool stuff around that. And uh, great news, United is now doing a Matador-branded uh, cake. Uh, so we'll be doing birthday packages. So if you want to come celebrate uh, a birthday or your half-birthday coming out, uh, there's some cool experiences along with a, a, a cake that comes your way. So tell us about the new rivalry and the new derby that is going to be taking place with a team that is close to us. Yeah, I'll actually break some news on the radio with this, uh, hopefully, because uh, nobody's heard this yet. But So Midland just launched a team this year, West Texas FC. They came out to our last home game and were shocked by the almost 5,000 people that were there, um, which got them invested into bringing a team to Midland. So now we have a built-in rivalry right up the road. Um, they're going to be our home opener this year. It's our red out game. Um, but we're actually creating a, uh, a trophy for that game, um, and it's going to be called the Golden Tumbleweed. So oh, we're, cool. <laughs> we, we are giving away uh, the, the winner of those two matchups. Uh, we'll get a golden trophy of a, a tumbleweed that will come our way, um, and then the sponsors in town will get to uh, rotate where it, where it lives, okay. and uh, the city can really rally behind the fact that we own it for the year. Yeah, the Golden Tumbleweed. Awesome, man. That's cool. Well, uh how is uh, Coach Gilbert's back? What's, uh, how, how has it been getting guys? How many guys are back from last year, uh, percentage-wise, or however you want to tell us? Yeah, so the year one, um, you know, you, you never know what to expect, and it's really hard to sell a vision to, to these top-level athletes for a community that's never had a team before. Uh, we lucked out with some amazing talent. We had a lot of guys that wanted to come back. 
Um, but we also had a lot of new interests and desire in wanting to come play for the Matadors based on the off-field uh, success that we had as well as the attendance numbers. So um, we have about 10 returners. There will be some really good guys that, that are community-oriented folks. That was our, our biggest thing um, that the fans can get excited to, to remember, uh, TT being one of them, Sam Gomez, who his brother plays in MLS as a goalkeeper. I think Sam will end up there as well. Um, Matar, who is one of our center mids, his dad's a U.S. men's national coach. Um, so we have some of these guys uh, that are returning that I'm really excited for the fan to be able to rally behind. But we have a lot of brand new play. I mean, we had people that we had that could be starters for us that we had to say no to. How um, many guys are on a on a soccer roster? Yeah, so we we try and host around 25 to 26 players. Um, you know, in our league, uh, the challenge is a lot of these guys are really good. Uh, so if, when they're not seeing the field, sometimes that gets them saying, hey, I'm going to go back and train home. And yeah. so you have guys come and go. So you only have 11 on the field at a time. You really only sub um, three to five guys a game typically. Um, so that leaves a lot of room for players to be sitting. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you try and carry a roster around 25. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I think uh, the fans are, are such a big part with you guys. I remember last year, I can't remember what game it was, but like some of the opponents were like, man, I'd, I, they wanted to come play on your team and like swap mid-game even because it's, it's what you guys have done in one year in the first year was just sensational. Yeah, we did have a, a couple players, uh, one before a match at an away game, come up to us and say, can I transfer to play with you guys? Uh, there, are, there are rules. The game portal. Yeah, there are. There are rules in place uh, to keep it competitive that once you're registered with a club, that is who you have to commit to and that's who you play for. You can't go just because the team's winning and, and transfer. But uh, funny enough, uh, that kid now is is going to be on our roster this oh, coming wow. year and uh, huh. even offered to pay his own way because um, oh, he was that excited to be a part of it. But uh, it's really cool. We have, a, I want to say, around 15 uh, international uh, players from different countries on our roster this year. And I just got a text. Uh, our supporters groups are going to be purchasing flags from every nation represented uh, that will be flying on home matches. So um, all the way from Scotland, Peru, uh, Brazil, El Salvador, I mean, we everywhere, uh, Japan. Um, so really amazing stuff. And I'm excited. So if you're in a pocket of community where uh, we actually have a, a fan that's from Scotland, uh, and as soon as he saw that, that was really amazing for him so you never know uh whatever your background nationality is you might have a player that's representing there it's great for your family to come out and support you've expanded the things that that season ticket holders get and as season tickets are winding down your availability of getting them is, is coming to an end yes but you've expanded the things that you offer tell them tell the people about all the things that being a season ticket holder for the lubbock matadors and what they get you yeah i think the biggest thing is our our jersey um it, we have a new jersey this coming year, and it is super sharp. Uh, really excited about that. We rolled out a community kit uh, for our mascot that he wears. It's separate. Uh, but if you're a premium season ticket holder, you, whoever is a part of that, uh, gets a jersey. The other piece is if you have a child that's in the sport or wants to get access to it, we give you a free camp, which is a three-day-long access uh, with our players and coaches to come participate and learn the sport. So, um that in itself is a $250 value. Our season ticket for adults is 120 and for the youth is around 85 So uh, you can do the math. Uh, 
we really are hoping to create some interest in, in getting involved in our season tickets, and we want to give back in that way. So uh, really fun stuff, and, and hopefully it's great for the fan. And how can people get tickets or, or hear about camps coming up this summer? Give everybody the good stuff. Yeah, th the biggest thing is follow us on all of our social handles. Uh, we're, we're highly engaged on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and it's just Lubbock Matadors SC. Uh, but LubbockMatadors.com is where everything is hosted, lives. That's where you get your tickets. We have our shop for online merch, um, and we do a bunch of stuff uh, through there. So LubbockMatadors.com. That's where you can keep up with all the access. And then you got the mozos, you got these chants, and you know, I, I know people might say, "Well, man, I don't know the words." And, and you know, it reminded me of like when I grew up, I was listening to "White Wedding" by Billy Idol, and I thought it was "White Welding," and I thought, "Man, it's a song about welding." So, uh, but you, at your thing, you know, you might not. I mean, you know, somebody might say, "Oh, man, I don't know the chants," but you guys work with people. Yeah, uh, our our, our uh, mozos—they uh, are. And I have to remind everyone. Uh, they're so connected to the club, but they are their own thing, uh, our supporters group. So uh, they do their, their own thing. They come up with their own chants. Uh, they have someone that leads everybody with a megaphone and what that looks like. Uh, they, we actually had a fan donate $2,500 to them this offseason to buy new drum equipment because uh, they love what they do at the game. So uh, pretty incredible stuff. Uh, but we do have some new technology being at Cooper. I don't know if you all have heard they're rolling out a brand new video board we're going to be the first ones to get access to it um, so that's going to create uh, some new stuff that we can do there and additionally we're going to have four cameras operating at our games this year versus two wow. last year um, so we're going to have some fan cams we're going to have some on-field cams uh, and our production is going to go up to the next level dang that sounds that sounds exciting man y'all really really growing and i mean just year two that's amazing to have all that all that going on yeah i mean it's uh the participation uh and i can't say thank you to cooper enough uh, a lot of that goes back to them saying we're going to give you the keys turn this over to you we want to make this as high quality of a production and, and fun for the community as possible that's awesome and one, one more time when's the first game yeah first game's may 13th and uh we only have six home games uh so we play in the month of may and june we have no July home games, unfortunately, this year. So the games are going to come and go very quickly. So get out there early, see what it's about, and I promise you won't want to miss the rest yes. of the games. All right, GM Dustin McCorkle from the Lubbock Matadors. And, uh, you know, Pete, it seems to be a, a, a nice day for white welding. It really does. Did you bring that up? I was just sitting here thinking. You, you, I think you nailed it there. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, Dustin, thanks for uh, for being here this week, and good luck with the upcoming season. And, uh, you know, hopefully we see you around here a little bit more, you know. Yeah, I'm excited to get Coach on here and uh, get you guys excited and amped for what's coming on the field. All right, sounds good. All right, so uh, oh, there it is, white Pete, uh, welding. Yeah, white welding. That's 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 one I've never, I've never heard anybody say that before. So that was uh, that was interesting. Okay, kids. Yeah, kids these days. All right, we come back here. Uh, Pac-12 still doesn't have a TV deal, and uh, you know we're going to talk a little bit more about expansion and realignment. It's always fun to update with that. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rocky pregame from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Bubba's 33, Chrome, Mitch Hall Chevrolet, and Signs on the Go. A deeper look. Someone's got to get some Asia in there. Did you ever uh, miss, <laughs> miss, hear the words on an Asia song? Meat, no. meat of the moment, maybe? or <laughs> no. 
Okay. I had uh, Elton John, the classic Tiny Dancer, Hold Me Close, Tony Danza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was That's like, that is so specific. <laughs> Tony Danza. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're talking about uh, – it's been a while since we've uh, kind of, you know, talked some – College realignment, conference realignment. It's always uh, something that's out there, and you know the Pac-12 still kind of twisting in the wind on a big media rights deal. And as long as that kind of keeps going, it it keeps that idea that some of those teams from the Pac-12 would would jump to the Big 12, perhaps. Uh, any, have you heard any any smoke on any of that yeah, lately? In the last month, the big talk has been Arizona and Colorado. Mm-hmm. Those two. Uh, now. I'm pretty sure. I know Colorado, the AD, was like, no, no, there's no truth to that. Which, of course, what are they going to say? Right. Um, what alignment, it became clear to me, I don't know, or realignment, uh, for the most part, what it is, is throwing rumor as a strategy out there, kind of flexing on each other. Because whenever you get it, talk about the con- these big money TV contract negotiations, Everyone's posturing to try and you know get the deal, you know. Right, and yeah. look at the Pac-12 right now, and this is where it's at: is that the Big 12 went ahead and got their new deal with uh, Fox and ESPN, and uh, the Pac-12 is still in the lurch. Now, just here in the last day or two, Apple has been rumored as maybe wanting to get involved and stream Apple yeah. TV, which is I'm not even an Apple product guy, but that Apple Plus is pretty pretty dang good streaming service. We were just talking about Ted Lasso because we had yeah. you know. Uh, we were talking about the Mad- Lubbock Matadors. Ted Lasso's a great show on that. I'm getting I'm way off tangent, but I'm just saying that would be really cool, uh, you know, for the Pac-12, I think, in, in theory, if Apple Plus was to offer them a big deal. But that's their position of weakness right now. Yeah. Now, uh, the Pac-12 commissioner came out, and, and actually a couple of athletic directors said, well, hey, forget us losing schools. Maybe we're going to expand. Maybe we'll add San Diego State and SMU, which – I can't imagine too many fans of those other schools are like. Do you think like uh, Oregon fans like, woo, bring on the Mustangs? Yeah, go ahead and do that. Who cares? Yeah. I do like San Diego State's athletic program as a whole. I mean, they've had some really good football players go through that program, and obviously the basketball team just played in the national championship. But still, uh, and I'd like to go to San Diego. Yeah, I love for, San Diego. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I was in, yeah. San Diego's great. Uh, but I mean, it's it's a lot of posturing. In my opinion, and, and I'm not saying that one of these theories won't come true because um, we've seen it happen, but this wasn't a situation like OU and UT leaving where a and m dude found out it was odd. They obviously wanted to leak it because they didn't want UT in the SEC Right. Um, when everybody's trying to keep it quiet. You know, this isn't that situation. This is everybody posturing, trying to get the best deal. Yeah. So if you think, like, you know, here – I always hear mixed things. I mean, you always hear like Arizona and, and Colorado seem to be the, yeah. the two biggest ones. But, but you know, then you hear some Arizona State mm-hmm. and Utah. But then you hear stuff like nobody wants Utah, really. And well, kinda, Utah but, acts like what, they don't want to come. And Utah's like, oh, the Pac-12 is so much better than the Big 12. Like, if you talk right. to, like, if you like go to their message board okay. or interact with them on social media or something, you wouldn't have thought Utah would be all high and mighty, but they are. And, and that's just that's weird to me. It is weird. That, that they they've gotten to that point. I mean, they've had some nice football teams here, and yeah, you know, oh, no years, doubt, you know. And uh, but but yeah, they, there is a, a somewhat of an of an arrogance from Utah that is that is surprising. 
considering that, you know, it wasn't that long ago they weren't in. They're not that big a deal, yeah, basically. You know, yeah, they weren't, even, <laughs> yeah, they weren't a power five. Yeah, they yeah, were, yeah. yeah. Your mark said he wants to add a fourth time zone so they could have the Big 12 across all four time zones. Right. Which West Coast school would make you guys excited? Well, just uh, the, uh, the only one I could, uh, I mean, really, for me, San Diego State is only exciting because I, I do. I'm like you. I love San Diego. That would be a fun trip to go to go out, you know. And Tech played in the there. NCAA tournament there two marches ago. And, man, that campus was beautiful. And where it's yeah. situated and everything, like, yeah. That would be a road. There would be road games I'd be going to. Like, yeah. sure, you know. Yeah. Uh, I don't, West Coast. Are you talking about from the Pac-12? I would no, say, I'm, talk, I'm talking about he wants to expand to a fourth time zone. And it's not like they want to, you know, add in someone from the ACC like Virginia or, or you know, things like that. If you're going to go to that fourth time zone, who are the teams? Oregon. Oregon Washington. In, in, well, yeah, if you could, yeah, in, in the dream Dream scenario, scenario would be yeah, Oregon. Yeah. If that's what you're saying. If you're asking, like, legitimately who I think. Legitimately. Colorado. There's a lot of juice with Prime. Um, Boulder's awesome. I love going to Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But when I say juice, I mean it's fascinating to me what's happening. Yeah, you know, whether yeah. it's going to work or not, whether it crumbles or if, you know, they're in the playoffs in three years or four years or something, it's fascinating to, to, to watch it play out. And the way that they are documenting it with whatever his friend or whatever is that's doing, they're, I mean, they're filming, like, it looks like everything. Yeah. Like coaches' meetings. Team meetings where he's telling them like all y'all are going to be off the team and all you know basically right. like uh, it's like a bigger reality show and really. then the it whole is, drama with yeah. uh, it's just drama and that's what Dion always has been right you follow his career uh, as a player I mean he was always drama a great baseball and basketball good very good baseball player and great football player yeah but uh, uh, always drama with the old prime time what's weird how many you mentioned that how many guys 51. is it fifty yeah. I mean, that, I, that was the plan, crazy, though. I mean, yeah, he did something did similar at Jackson State. I mean, he got rid of over half the roster there and brought him. But now, this isn't. This is a different caliber of football. But I mean, I think he's aware of what he's doing. I think now it's easier to do what he's trying to do than ever because of the transfer portal and uh, NIL and all that, and just social media and just the way he's marketing himself. Yeah. As as a coach and his pro, I mean, look at his spring game. They had forty thousand people at a Colorado spring game in yeah. the snow. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. And like uh, the star of the spring game jumped in the portal right after the game. That's it, insane. Yeah, it they, is. Is that wide receiver? I think had such a great yeah. game or something. Yeah. 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 I don't think all of it is processing, but I think the majority of it is processing. I mean, that program was Just, something drastic had to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they they had to blow that up because it had really fallen to, to almost nothing. But. <laughs> That being said, I would still like Colorado to come back yeah. to the Big 12. And there's yeah, a kid from Post, uh, Zach Courtney, who jumped in the transfer portal and uh, became a big war of words on the Internet because yep. he wasn't allowed to get his practice, practice video, and that caused a big hubbub. But uh, he's going to land somewhere. He's six seven and uh, had a great two years getting to the state title game at Post. And, you know, another Post kid's coming to Tech, Isaiah Crawford. So, yeah. Um, well, is it with fifty-one of those guys? You know, I mean, in you know, it's Power Five school. Is there any any guys you heard anything about Tech being interested in any of those? I hope those not. guys. I mean, is that how? I bad hope it not. Is? Oh, I mean, no, that program you know, had no talent. Yeah. I mean, you know, we talk about like Tech, like uh, in terms of, you know, if they if 
it used to be, oh, Texas signing a four-star, you know? I mean, they weren't getting a four-star every class at Colorado. I mean, wow. you're a Power yeah. 5 school. I mean, come on, you so, know? So this is the so, type of talent that you guys may, may be trying to get offers from uh, – Smaller conference, kind of, I mean, like oh, non-power yeah. five oh, kind of stuff. If they That's find anywhere, if they find yeah. anywhere. I mean, not wow. only were a lot of them not talented, but they obviously. Uh, yeah, I, this is a blanket statement, and I, I, I don't know their program like you know, like I cover Texas Tech football, but it's clear they had some bad habits. Um, the coaching staff wasn't holding them accountable. They, they got used to, to losing. And they're not very talented. So who wants that? That's not a recipe for success. I'm just I try and call it like you see it. And that's the truth, you know. But I yeah. think a lot of people would like Arizona. Getting back to the realignment, though, I yeah. think a lot of people would like to see Arizona, Arizona State yeah. for that whole yeah. border conference thing. Right. That'd be cool to me. I mean, that's fun to go. Like we went out to the. It was, the game wasn't fun because Arizona State, like that dude scored 20 touchdowns or whatever. Like, 20 of, like 20 of his 25 touchdowns, yes, <laughs> that season was against Texas defense. That was Jordan Brooks' first seat, uh, game, by the way, in college. That's he was right, like, man, yeah. I almost quit. <laughs> like, like, I thought it was wow. good until I played in that first game. We got run over, but, uh, you know, things got better for him. But, no, it was, you know, it's fun going out there to Phoenix, Tempe, and all that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's kind of, you know, it's laid back um, going to Tucson. Uh Arizona, so it's you know, yeah. two different things. Well, hopefully, uh, I, I mean, I, I wish something would just go and happen with all this, and it's just the never-ending, you know. Oh, you and UT, you know, they are leaving, yeah, so right, that, yeah. Yeah. Now, well, that's that pretty big deal. No, I'm just talking about for the Big Twelve to add oh, yeah. these teams. So I mean, it's just been you know this is just going on for a long time, and it'd be nice. I do like that your mark is so much more aggressive. You know, Bob Bowlesby was always asleep at the wheel and just oh, never was yeah, always yeah. reacting and. I, I think your marks. I just like his aggressiveness, and you know, I feel like they will eventually get something done in that regard. But, but yeah, I, I like to see the biggest thing with him, Bowlesby, beyond just the year to year, day to day that he wasn't very good at his job, was he had no idea OU and UT were leaving. It's clear. I mean, like yeah. the day before it broke and all the Big Twelve stuff, he was talking about you know OU and UT in a certain way, like in the future, and then yeah. it comes out. Then, like and the next day, yeah, yeah, all that nonsense. Yeah. And yeah. then the next day, yeah. nope, OU and UT are leaving. <laughs> He's like, for real? What? He's like, you could, you could just see that he was trying to scramble. Like, are you really leaving? They're like, oh, no, no. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, we're leaving. Oh, man. All right, well, we'll continue watching. It's just always fun to check in with the uh, – that's always a great conversation about realignment possibilities. Uh, we come back, though, it's going to be time to talk some Red Raider baseball. We've got our friend Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout right. uh, joining us here to talk some Texas Tech baseball. Uh, the Raider Outfitter rocking pregame live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101. More of the Red Raider Outfitter rocking pregame. From Bubba's 33 in minutes on Rock 101.1. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Free Game on Rock 101.1. Live from the Bubba's 33 at the South Plains Mall. With Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Free Game, Jeff Scott. Texas Tech Baseball Update with Red Raider Dugout's Keith Patrick. All right, Keith, uh, appreciate you joining us again. It's a it's a beautiful day, it looks like. We've got some yeah. sort of a mud rain situation. Uh, a little windy. Like it's developing, yeah, you know. It's great. But, 
But I see you're rocking another a nice pearl snap. Thank you. Out. Yeah, that's how cool. There, Howler Bros this week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's got some yellow roses on it. Yes, oh, Howler Brothers. Oh man, yeah. see this guy was it Poncho last time. Mr. Yep. Fashion. Yeah, and then the Howler Brother man. I mean, I like to be comfortable. So. Great brands right there, Pete. <laughs> you're, you might be the most intriguing man. I love it. I like Keith, man. You're Thanks, some, Keith. And you know I've got some names for the oh, next I'm ready. segment. I'm ready. Uh, next segment. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Hey, uh, I, first off, let's talk about, I mean, it's, it's that's a, not such a big deal, but the rankings. You know, that one week they split with San, with uh, Stanford and then went 2-1, and one and they move up, and then they, then they move up, and then last week they move up. So now they're 14. And uh, they go and they play uh, Abilene Christian University. The game got suspended. Uh, they're down 6 nothing in the fourth. In my mind, I, I feel like Texas is saying, ah, let's not finish it. And I see you, you know, uh, Abilene Christian, oh, man, we want to finish it. Uh-huh. What, what, what do you know about that? Yeah, they, that's what we've heard. I mean, <laughs> at, that night I was texting and, and heard, hey, it's been suspended. They're still talking about what they're going to do. And then we finally – Two hours later, get the official word from Tech, and it's, hey, it's been suspended, and we'll let you know what they decide. You know, like, there's just no word. But I'm sure that's it. I mean, Tech doesn't want to do that. You know, you don't want to go finish that game. You were down 6 nothing, one out in the fourth. You had a runner on second. I mean, you were struggling. And the thing was, Max Huffling, their, their lefty, I mean, I mean, I referred to him on Dinger Derby as a 6'9 donkey, and that's what he is. I mean, you've struggled with him twice. Now with the suspension of that game, they just hand him the ball again next time, you know, when you go finish it. And so I'm sure Tech doesn't want to do that. I'm sure they do. I mean, I don't know what they're going to decide at all, and we haven't and how heard How would that anything. be decided? Do you know? I mean, I don't I, know. I want to play. I don't want to play. I mean, do they flip a coin? Does the? I mean, we're Tech's playing them in football, right? Like, throw a ten thousand dollar <laughs> kicker on their bye game and just say, like, hey, thank, thanks for the, thanks for doing us a favor. Like, I don't know. I have no. I don't know. They may have to come down to a coin toss yeah. on it or something. But I would assume with them coming to town in a couple weeks for the midweek making up the postponement from the last time where you were going to see him in Lubbock, you know, they come in early and do a continuation and then you play the night game, you know, something like that. So I don't know how they resolve that ultimately. I mean, I'm kidding about the buy game thing. I don't know. But, I mean, it was it was not going well. I mean, it started as a pitcher's duel. Zane Petty looked great. There had been one base runner on each side, you know, and then you hit the fourth and just the wheels fall off for Tech. You're on your third pitcher, and he gives up this bases-clearing double, which, by the way, not to be a conspiracy theorist, but my friends in the ballpark were like, hey, by the way, there was lightning before the bases-clearing double that made it 6 nothing. Like, there was lightning at 3 nothing, but it didn't get called till after that hit. Like, let's just – they're like, we just want to be clear. Like, there was, there was plenty of weather beforehand, you know. So. Well, now, uh, you know, does that have you have some concern? I mean, yeah. we're so deep in the season, and, and they're getting shut out 6 nothing. That was not a good showing. And it was a weird night. I mean, you started Petty, who's been really good in the midweeks for you. Um, kind of was wondering, is it Petty? Is it Tabor Fast? You would assume maybe Tabor Fast is then available for a potential Sunday. Um, but, yeah, it was concerning. I mean, you certainly don't want anybody jumping on you like that. The lineup was unusual that night. Uh, they went with Zach Vuletic and uh, Jarrett Curtis and Will Burns. And I read that as an attempt to go heavily right-handed against their lefty, who had been really successful against you last year. 
and also, you know, the great Andy Penny was on the call for that one. He reminded us about that loss in Lubbock last year when Grayson Tatro hit an inside-the-park grand slam against you. So really nice to relive that one. Uh, Thank you, Penny. M- yeah, much appreciated. <laughs> but it, it, just an unusual night. And then another kind of weird question that popped up in that one, they pinch hit for Jarrett Curtis before he ever batted. And so it almost made it look like there was a lineup mistake. You know, like, was he even in the field? They put in uh, Drew Woodcox and then sent Dylan Carter out in the center field. So it was just kind of odd all the way around. Just an unusual lineup, trying to go right-handed, no success, fall apart, suspended, like, just a whole mess. So, yeah, I'm I'm concerned. I want to go down there and beat those guys. They lost, like, eight of their last nine or something like that. And, I mean, you know, they're okay, but it's a whack team you should take care of. Um, they fell pretty hard to Grand Canyon, who you took care of. And so um, not the time of year where you need to be struggling in that kind of a midweek, on the road or at home either way. And now you're kind of in a position, I mean, you have one very narrow path to hosting a regional, and it's basically winning out, And so, which is a tough place to be in in baseball. So, Boy, no kidding. Yeah, and, and with two Big 12 road series left, so yeah. that's a struggle. With that being said, they're, 14, they're ranked 14th by D1 Baseball, uh-huh. which the, Big 12 recognizes as the official ranking, but in the D1 Baseball's latest uh, bracket, uh-huh. they have them as a three seed. Yeah, in a terrible pairing. Yeah. Yes, just a, that was the Dallas Baptist one? Yes. Yeah, Dallas Baptist hosting, and you're the three, um, and Texas A&M was the two in that one, I think, yep. and you're paired with the Nashville Regional. I mean, it was just a, a it would have been a horrible, and I, and I try to remember who the four was in that one. Uh, I felt like they were pre- – oh, it was Oral Roberts. Yes. Yeah, so that's not a great projection. But, yeah, it's weird, and there was some, some conversation with Kendall on Twitter about that from D1 as far as how can like, – fans asking, how can you be ranked basically consensus top 15 and then not be projected to host? It's because your RPI is at 66. During the Baylor series, you'd climbed up to about 52 mid-game. Then you lose the third game, uh, you know, and don't get the sweep and drop back down, and then you've kind of trailed a little bit. Texas getting swept at home by Oklahoma hurts you, and it just get me on my soapbox. It's why the RPI doesn't work in baseball. I mean, they're yeah. three-game series where you're literally playing an opponent and hurting your own RPI because you're hurting your strength of schedule in the moment. It just doesn't make any sense as a metric for, for college baseball. Even Mike Rooney was saying on that ESPNU broadcast last Friday, like, there's, they've got to work on this. There's got to be a better way. Because the committee relies too much on it to just discount it. We can't just say, oh, it doesn't matter. No, it does. It matters in selection. Uh, they've proven that over and over. So... Yeah, it, it's frustrating to see that. I think you're better than the 66th best team in the country. I don't know if you're the 14th team in the country right now. You've, you're going to have to prove this weekend that the bats can travel and that you've started to figure out some rotation woes, certainly like what Mason Molina did last Friday. I mean, that was incredible. I think he was robbed of Big 12 Pitcher of the Week, uh, having an absolute career day, but still some questions throughout the rest of the weekend on the rotation. Oh, I was looking at you, Pete. I thought you had some. I, I did, and then I, I blanked for it. I was, I was thinking about white welding and how stupid I was as a kid. But that's another quick point. Um, uh, I was going to ask you, uh, how is it with Dylan Carter back? Oh, man. Uh, they're excited. The team has kind of gushed about having him back, and I, I thought it was awesome. I mean, uh, on Friday night, you know, we asked Coach Tadlock like about the decision because we knew he would be available, but Tim had said, I, I don't know how much he'll play. 
He said, yeah, I wanted to get him in there. He saw live pitching yesterday on Thursday, thought it would help him to see two in a row. He was hitless on Friday night and then turns around and has, I think it was three doubles um, and three walks the rest of the weekend. So, you know, turns around and kind of starts right back where he was and made some really good defensive plays and not diving crazy stuff, just making hard fly balls back to the wall look easy, which is what Dylan Carter does. So I think he's just what you need. He's a leader on the team. They love him. Um, he's an elite defender and apparently at the plate is, is comfortable again. So, I, I mean, I'm very, really excited to see him back. And it's kind of wild, the depth on this team, when that bumps a guy like Gage Harrelson, who's been so good, over to right field and then uh, bumps Zach Vuletich kind of back out. And that guy's been really good for you, too, and really good at the play. It just kind of speaks to how deep the team is. But I, I do, I, I've tipped the cap on my, on my podcast on mentioning Gage Harrelson. Tech Baseball tweeted uh, a couple, a few games ago, and they said two-thirds of the earth is covered by water, the other third is covered by Gage Harrelson. That's good. <laughs> That's excellent tweeting right yeah, there. Yeah, that, I mean, that, that, that was. That was good, yeah. <laughs> What's the one thing that you want to see from this Kansas State? Other, If if you could get two out of three, it's good, but th- all three would be great. But who has to show up to make this a, a series where you feel a little more confidence going into these final? I mean, you've got... You've got 13 games remain and seven are at home. So you take pretty much, you know, have the control of your own destiny if you want to win out at home. Could you repeat your question? (laughs) 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 I'll give you three guys. There, There are three guys that you need to continue to show up. Not that they haven't, but to continue to see some good things. Ty Coleman has got to be consistent. He has been very good. Um, recently, he's had a multi-home run game. He had a ton of hits. He had a four-hit game against Baylor on Friday. Um, he continues to get on base, but you need him to be a two-hole spark plug and really be efficient with the bat. Um, Gavin Cash has been a little feast or famine, and he had a rough Baylor series, so you need him to kind of get back right uh, at the plate. I think that he's really important for you from that standpoint. Of course, the home runs are a big deal for him, but... Uh, just more hits, you know, it can't only be home runs. That's not what you need all the time. And then Austin Green has come back on. And I think that that they've kind of rode with him through a slump. And he had a really good weekend uh, for Tech at the plate. And you want to see that continue. You know, that those are three people that, that really matter a lot. That's a right-handed bat and a left-handed bat in the first two. And then Green is a switch hitter. Um, and you need to be, him to be good from both sides of the plate, which he did on, um, I think it was Friday, he, he had back-to-back singles from both sides of the plate and was really good for you. So that's a guy that you need to be in the middle of your lineup really rocking. So at this point in the season, uh, is it, has, how do you look at this team overall, like just from what you thought at the beginning of the season, what the team would be and mm-hmm. kind of where they're at? Is it about what you thought? Is it disappointing? Is it? I think it's been an offensive, like a pleasant offensive surprise. I think that we came in, we all talked about that, you know, too, like, hey, we don't know who these guys are. There's not really a star. There's not a Jace Young, Josh Young, first-round dude, you know. So it was kind of who's going to be what. I think offensively it's been a really pleasant surprise. Harrelson's been even better than expected. Hester has been a great addition, and you love, like, his game. Cash has been on fire. I mean, there's been a lot of really good things. I think what I'm surprised at, I did not think he would have the rotation struggles that you've had. I kind of thought that would settle in more. Of course, didn't expect Bo Blessy to get hurt. Didn't expect some of the other injuries that came in the preseason, um, Jack Washburn being one of them. So um, I've been surprised 
at Mason Molina's midseason struggles, not surprised to see him have a couple of career days. I mean, and and want to see those continue. I mean, he he has all of that ability. Um, so yeah, I mean, and there's other pitching things. I mean, I don't want to call individual guys out a bunch, but like. Yeah, there are guys that I thought would be a little bit more consistently better for you that have struggled some uh, on the mound. Uh, but overall, I think the team um, is performing you know, up to expectations. You always want them to be just dominatingly amazing. Right. you know. Yeah. But no, I think that for as new as they are, I, I think it's been a, a pretty good season, and there's always opportunities for them to keep getting better. And, and you do. Sean's right. I mean, you need a sweep in, in the little apple, you know, yeah. and if you can put it together. All right, we'll talk some more uh, Texas Tech baseball with Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout. And, Pete, I know uh, coming up next segment you're, you you like to throw out names of former Tech players and, and see if you can stump I'm going at stump the guru. Keith. Okay, okay, all right. All right, we'll do that, too. We come back here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. Need more of the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame from Bubba's 33? We're back in minutes on Rock 101.1. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jarrett Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rockin' Pregame, Jeff Scott. Texas Tech Baseball on the road. All right, yeah, Tech Baseball in the Little Apple this weekend to take on Kansas State. We'll talk about that coming up here with Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout. Um, but uh, first of all, uh, we yeah we, we need to talk about what, what happened at this table, uh, the clinic that y'all put on eating food. Man, uh, I, I went with the kids' pizza, and it was phenomenal. <laughs> you, got, you got like a child's plate? Yes. I did. Because... If you get the middle one, it's like eight slices. I think the bigger one's 12. I, I was a four-slice guy today. And so I, I dropped down into the kids' meal. And, in fact, I would have got it if it was senior citizen because it was four pieces. And it was delicious. I ate the whole thing. Well, of course you thing. did because it was a kids' meal. You're a grown man. <laughs> <laughs> At least I thought you were. I'm a man. <laughs> what, what, My uh, yeah, Jared had had a nice salad, you know, and yeah, yes. boy, you guys, man, you had a kids' meal and a nice. I, salad. I walked up and just immediately looked at Sean's burger with a fried egg on it, and was was pretty oh, jealous. Gosh. Sunshine, Stop. sunshine burger with Stop. with bacon. Stop. Three, four slices of bacon, a fried egg. Ah, oh, delicious. All right. I just boy, the heart attack. It does look. It looks really good. It's no, pretty. No it is. But I also I I countered it by not having fries or onion rings. I did have a side salad. Oh, okay. yes. That, that's note, note vegetables. I can't, I can't talk about eggs, bro. I'll, I'll eat. I was just about like to eat this. Fried, it, fried egg? I, stop it. I'm serious. I, 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 I hate eggs so much. Don't, don't talk about it because no he's more. When, no more. When I was a kid. He's, he's really going to lose it. When I was a kid, here's another kid's story. In the, in the splash zone over there. <laughs> My brother got the gallon of milk, or I got the gallon of milk. I was going to get the last glass, and my brother had an egg yolk. And I was like, get away from me. He was going to throw it at me. So we threw it. We could never find it. I got the last milk. He had thrown it. It went in the gallon of milk. And when I got it, I cannot eat eggs. I can eat French toast, but I got to cut off the egg around it. I cannot eat eggs. I can't eat sunny side. I can't eat scrambled. I hate eggs. Wow. 
What? Add that to the delicious. list. But I like Lassie. the ham of Dr. Seuss. Thank but you. it's just hearing that, I almost heaved up. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you, drink a, you drink 30 ounces of blue cheese. Oh, and man, I need to drink a, some blue cheese here, too. <laughs> okay, well. You want me to do that? No, <laughs> not right now. I'll get that set up I'm, I'm, next I'm, week. I got All I can think of is the is the blue-collar comedy tour thing with, with Sean's burger. Like, does your cardiologist know you eat like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, now, I go to a doctor when I'm sick. Yeah. Oh, now, Pete, I was really worried about you about that egg talk because I was moving away because you looked like you were really about to. It was, no, oh. it was bad. Okay, well, nobody wants to talk about it anymore. Okay. All, right. All right. It's a good but day anyway. for some white welding. <laughs> but let me just say, though, if I mean, if you've never been to Bubba's 33 yet, there every single thing on the menu is amazing. Excellent. I mean, the food here is so good. And uh, I love coming here. So, um, so yeah, you should come out here this weekend. They get the TVs all over the place. You, you know, anytime there's games on, they always have the, you know Chive TVs going. Looking around here, there's a, there was a golf there's a golf tournament over there. Uh, I'm not sure which one that is, but they got that on. So uh, whichever one it is, Ludwig's probably winning it. Yeah, well, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so uh, back to uh, uh, baseball here. Tech baseball. Keith oh yeah. Patrick from Red Raider dugout is here, and um, I guess uh, you know you got Tech on the road in Manhattan for a Big 12 series against Kansas State. And I guess, you know, they're, we've mentioned earlier, they're, they're all important at this point. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, Kansas State, I will mention them. So, weird Big 12. I mean, nobody's running away. So, West Virginia's at the top of the conference right now, but they haven't played any of the better teams in the conference. Oklahoma State's in second, and they're a series ahead. So, they're playing, trying to play Michigan this weekend in Michigan. So, good luck with that weather. Um, it, it doesn't look good for them right now. And so that's just how the Big 12 is. You're always everybody. Somebody's out of conference every weekend. That'll be Tech next weekend against Sam Houston State. So, um, you know, West Virginia at the top, Oklahoma State, K State's in third, but only a game ahead of Tech. So series win, you know, you're jumping K State, moving up in the conference. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State's not moving; they're out of conference. The question is, what happens to West Virginia? I believe they're playing TCU this weekend, and. Um, no, they played TCU last weekend. They might be playing Baylor. Stand by. Yeah. Um, I believe they're playing Baylor in Waco. And At Baylor. Yes. And so, depending on what happens there, and you go take care of business in Manhattan, you can be tied for first in the Big 12. I mean, that's that's oh. how wide open this thing is, moving from tied for fourth. Depends on what Texas does, too. You're tied right. with them. So, there's just a lot of that. Uh, when you look at Kansas State, they've done a little bit of what you haven't. So they haven't been swept, which you got swept on the road. They've always taken the one in those series losses, uh, and they've swept their opponents that they should have. They swept Kansas. They swept Oklahoma. Uh, so that's how they've gotten themselves in this position. So, you know, you have not played well in the Little Apple over the years. Um, it's not as cold as it often is. Now, it's an evening game tonight. It's like 54 there right now. Could get down into the upper 30s tonight. So that's tonight's the one to worry about. Um, the next couple of days are in the 60s. Uh, but you got to play well. I mean, and the, the crazy thing about the Big 12 and why there's so much parity, I look at it and think about the pitching overall. Um, there is not a Big 12 team from a pitching standpoint this season that has an ERA under five. Really? So your, wow. your Big 12 leader has a 501 team ERA in conference play. And so Kansas State is actually pretty high on that list, uh, but nobody's great. Yeah. And so it's really kind of un excuse me, unusual to see that, uh, not really how the Big 12 normally plays out, nobody really dominating. Texas at a 661 team ERA in Big 12 play. Kansas in, bringing up the rear at 872. So there are opportunities against anybody from a pitching standpoint. Your offense plays well into that. Um, they're 
two of their starters are somewhere in the top 10 in the Big 12 as far as the way they've pitched in conference play. But again, that's not really elite. Mm -hmm. Um, All three of the starters that you'll see have a pretty high opponent batting average that they're giving up. So that's, again, if your offense can travel, you know, you can keep yourself in a game. But need Mason Molina to be good in Friday. You're looking at Trendon Parrish again Saturday. And then kind of a cryptic decoding Tim Tadlock moment in his radio show. He said, yeah, we're thinking about starting a guy Sunday. He's going through some things. And so we're still trying to figure it out. And it was announced as TBA. So I don't know if that's Tabor Fast. I don't know if somebody's girlfriend broke up with him. Is it Bo Blessy? Is it health? Like, nobody knows. Somebody's got the flu. Like, I don't know. And so it's kind of a question mark again on Sunday, which it has been a lot. Um, And I don't know what they're working their way through. But um, if it were me kind of putting the money on it, I'm looking at, like, Tabor Fast would make sense. This is the time. No more two-game midweeks. He's been really good in those midweeks. So another chance for him on a Sunday maybe. Um, But – Whatever, whoever it is, they need to get out there and give you some length, um, and your your bullpen has got to be reliable when they come out. Because at this point, I mean, I know the hosting hopes are, are really narrow, uh, but you're playing for seating, you're playing for an opportunity. The better projection beyond the one D1 did, Baseball America projected you against Oregon as the host. You're the two in that one paired with the Nashville Regional, and it was like a really favorable one. I mean, it was a it was a good regional weekend. And so, yeah, I think it would be awesome, and, and that would be one that, you know, that's winnable, too. Not another, not a, the meat grinder of playing a bunch of Texas teams yeah. and a red-hot Oral Roberts in Dallas, you know. Yeah. And I don't know how DBU hosts. Their, their ballpark seats like 2,000. So. He, uh, he did say that uh, that they would allow a 2,000-seat host. Mm. Because they, uh, because I think Colgate or, or somebody had the the option. They said, "Well, they only have a two thousand seat. The NCAA will allow someone just to, interesting to have that small if they have earned the right to host." So the rest of the way on on K State, just offensively, they've got two guys hitting over three hundred on the season, uh, and and it's just they're not great as far as an offensive ball club. So. As long as you bring the bats and you can do what you know you're capable of. I mean, you've scored in double digits. I want to say it's in 19 games this season. You've won all but one of those. Uh, so go take care of business. Do what, you know, play your game and get some length on the mound from some guys and it could fully be a sweep weekend. I expect a series win. Um, I, I would be surprised if you pull off the sweep. I'm just kind of done believing in that at this right, point. Yeah, so. yeah. But at least it win the series. That would be yes. realistic. Realistic expectation for sure. Yes. All right. Now, Pete, this is where, what did you call this? We'll go, go to go, the, go with the guru. Go with go the guru. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Everything. So, <laughs> I don't know about that. But first, uh, I wanna, I'm going to start with something just to see if he's up on current news. I brought up this player last week, and I think we had said he wasn't playing anymore. Uh, Ryan Sublet. No, he is. Ryan Sublet's in double A. Right. And, yes. But he had been out, so he got back and played over the weekend, I saw. No, he's had a yeah, he's had a really good season. Uh, in moved up to Double A. I don't, I still don't think he had he had uh, allowed a run. Ryan Mosley, you brought up that I was saying that I think he was he was finished. No, I th- yeah, he's I think too he's good t- for me. <laughs> <laughs> he's just too good. Okay, here's one. Uh, thinking yeah. of uh, uh, a, a guy who who went in the first round. Uh, okay, it was lower, but uh, Barrett Barnes. Barrett Barnes. He had a really good career made it to triple a with the mets i believe but never broke into uh never broke into the into the majors but no he's he's done he's been done for two three years now i believe okay we'll double check that one one. that's a deep cut that's a good one and then this one i know he he was in the majors and uh, oh uh no i'm sorry uh this one 
you know, I just said we talked about a guy who was with the Red Raiders basketball. He's leaving, and he put out Red Raider for life. And I'm like, you're not a Red Raider for life. You're leaving. But that's just me. Uh, here's a guy who was a Red Raider, left. I want to see if you're up on him, Micah Dallas. Micah Dallas. No, I'm not. I don't care. Because <laughs> he's not a Red Raider for life, right? No, I, I don't. And, and I'll, yeah, no, I do care. I, I'm not way up on him. No, I know, I know that he's, he's still playing. Um, I, the way I ran, run Red Raider dugout, I don't continue following guys unless they finish their career at Tech or you know went to the pros from Tech. There's a couple of exceptions for those, like Michael Berglund went to JUCO and went on to the pros and is still very pro Tech. I don't have him on the site, but I do you know kind of pay attention. Uh, but no, I don't. I don't keep up with the. I agree with you. That's you're not a Red Raider for life if you left. Right. Mike yeah. Dallas is with the Stockton Ports single a so stockton ports is where uh that's where um dallas braden hometown loved him in stockton where he where he did a bunch of his minor league playing before he went to the a's okay and last one cole stillwell cole stillwell is in the rockies organization so he did a uh undrafted free agent right right along with parker kelly and they're both in single a with the fresno grizzlies right now oh that's awesome parker kelly is absolutely raking right now in single a he's doing really well so and Cole, it's tough. He's, he's catching, so you know you're in and out, you know, random days. But I think he's holding his own right now. So, awesome. right. in fact, and there's one other. I saw an interesting one this week. Not a Red Raider. Uh, well, halfway. Uh, Jace Young is in High A with the West Michigan Whitecaps. I think is who it is uh, in the in the Tigers organization. If you remember Trevin Michael, the closer for Oklahoma. Um, who you had a little dust-up with at the end of uh, the Big 12 tournament last year, and there was another dust-up outside of the stadium with a family member of a player um, and Trevin Michael. He and Jace Young are now teammates with the West Michigan Whitecaps. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Never know who you're going to run back into. (laughs) The guru wins. (laughs) All right, very good. Hey, by the way, did you all hear about uh, the, the minor league players in the Pirates system? And he's a guy, he'd been, I think, in the minors for 13 years, and he just got called up this week. Like 1,500 games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The wow. video the video of his call-up was awesome. Yeah, yeah, you know, I saw of, that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, he's older than his coaches. And you he know? said that he struck out in his, his first at-bat, but he, you know, paraphrasing, but I mean, he said it was the best strikeout he ever yeah, had, though, right. because wow. he was so so excited to finally get to the show, you know. Yeah, so it, was it was like cool. A, like yeah, a movie awesome. or something. Yeah, I just wonder if y'all, y'all saw that. Well, Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout, thanks for dropping by to talk some Texas Tech baseball, and as always, let everybody know where they can follow all of your uh, all of your stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, RedRaiderDugout.com, have game recaps for you, and at Red Raider Dugout on Twitter. We generally will try to live-tweet games that's super popular when they're on the road, you know, or not on normal TV and that kind of stuff. They should be on ESPN Plus this weekend. But, yeah, always interact. Appreciate it. And then uh, anywhere you find your podcast, David Collier and I have the Dinger Derby podcast. Try to go a couple times a week with that one. So, yeah, appreciate everybody's support, and thank you all for always having me. All right, man. I guess we'll talk to you next week. It is Keith Patrick from Red Raider Dugout here on the Rockin' Pregame, the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pregame, live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101. Another quick hit of the Billy Madison Show. My ex-wife, but now I'm with, you know, somebody that, you know, is really good to me. So it's like I have no desire to trade up. Zero desire. Zero. As we get older, you know, she gets less pretty. It's fine. Not only does she, like, live with me and be with me, but, like, she does dirty, dirty things to me. I am disgusting. (laughs) That's what happened. (laughs) 
It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rockin' Pre-Game on Rock 101.1. Brought to you by Chrome, Standard Sales, B-Equipment, and the Texas Cafe. It's the Rockin' Interview. All right, uh, we had a chance to talk with uh, former Texas Tech basketball great Matt Mooney. Matt, first off, uh, you know, the TBT tournament, you, you know, been announced that you're going to be on it. Uh, just curious your thoughts about that and going for that big prize. Yeah, yeah. First, thanks for having me on, guys. Good to see you. TBT, I was trying to play in it last year, but I was a little banged up, so I didn't get to play. And, you know, now this year they are hosting in Lubbock and – you know, I always said when I was done, because I, I just had one year and best year of my life. I was like, man, I wish I could just play one more game just in front of those fans. It was, uh, I don't think I really soaked it in the way I wish I would have. Um, but no, it's exciting, man. Get to play with some former teammates, get to compete, win some money, get to play in Lubbock. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, Matt, I told uh, some of the subscribers on Inside the Red Raiders, you know, part of the 24-7 Sports Network, that we were going to be talking with you. You know, I asked them for some questions for you. So if you're all right with it, I'm going to go ahead and ask some questions right from, you know, Texas Tech fans. Yeah, go for it. First one is uh, if you remember the run in 2019, of course, and I'll amend that and say, you know, <laughs> what do you remember? It's It's been a couple of years now. What do I remember? Man, uh, you know, I remember being – having the most fun I've ever had in my life, being so focused. I, I was more focused than I've ever been. That's the thing, kind of what I was just saying about playing it in Lubbock again is that run, it was, you know, we were so locked in. For me, it was my senior year. It's like, okay, this is it for me. And, uh, you know, Coach Beard, I still love Coach Beard. I know a lot of people in Lubbock have have hard feelings, which I, which I understand. But, you know, he had us so locked in and focused. We were just so prepared and, and so – uh, ready for every game, but obviously I remember I remember all of it. But the Final Four was the most memorable for sure. Of course, I remember losing to Virginia, but still stings a little bit. Like I think it'll always sting a little bit. But you know that Michigan State game was unreal, and I had family and friends coming out the woodworks. Like I, I still don't even know everybody that was there at the Final Four, just because there were so many people there. We we didn't really get a chance to spend time with them. But that game, the Gonzaga game, cutting down the nets, 80,000 people, there's nothing like it, man. Well, there are several questions about basically your relationship with Beard and Mark Adams and just what your thoughts are about, like, the drama that they both went through in the last year. I don't know if they got any specific questions, but I, I love both of them. I love Coach Beard. Uh, I was sad to see him go to, go to Texas, but, you know, we've stayed in touch a little bit. And I love Coach Adams. I mean, he, Coach Adams did a lot for me when I was at Texas Tech, really helped me improve defensively, which has helped me throughout my professional career. But um, I had a great relationship with Coach Adams. And, you know, it was unfortunate the way things uh, went down this year. But I know he's a heck of a coach, and, a, and I believe he's a heck of a man as well. So I got nothing but love for those guys. But I'm excited for uh, Coach McCaslin coming in. Uh, I played against him when I was at South Dakota, and he was at North Texas Anyways, I just I know he's a great coach, and I've heard nothing but good things, so I'm excited to meet him too. You mentioned getting better on defense. One of the questions was about your defensive prowess, your year in Lubbock at Tech, and how did that happen? How did you become a better defensive player when you were at Tech? 
I get credit for being a good defensive player when I was there especially, but, I mean, that was team defense. That was Tariq Owens blocking everything at the rim, and that was Coach Adams, Coach Beard, you know, putting together a great system like we just trusted each other. But I got better, though, because he challenged me. Both Coach Beard and Coach Adams. Coach Adams especially challenged me. Like, you know, you get beat. It's not just like, okay, you you got beat, like whatever. It's no, you're going to get told about it. And he challenged me and pushed me to really guard and get deflections, get steals, because I'm not the greatest athlete, but like I'm not going to be blocking shots and, and all that type of stuff. But, you know, I can really sit down and, and, and guard people. So he just pushed me. Do you have any desire to coach when your playing time is over? Yeah, every day I think more and more about coaching. You know, I've been – I got to think about my career, but in college I played at three different colleges for three different coaches. And then as a pro – my rookie year, I start off in Memphis, well, training camp with Memphis, then G League. Then I got signed by Cleveland, played on a two-way, so G League and NBA a little bit. Beeline was there, then Beeline got let go, then now their current coach is bigger staff. So that's five coaches I got to kind of learn from my rookie year. Then my next year, well, that was the COVID stuff, so COVID hit, he's got shot down. Then I played G League Toronto, then I had surgery, came back the next year, played G League again. Went to the Knicks for three weeks. Got to learn from Thibodeau in New York. Went to Spain last year. And now this year I've been in Turkey with two different clubs. And then you add in Summer League twice. So I, I've learned I've learned from all these coaches. And and I think a lot of these coaches are bad, okay? I played for some good ones. So, so the good ones kind of make me realize that what the, the not-so-good ones aren't doing, right? And – uh Anyways, I'm just gathering all these things from all these different coaches, and it's making me want to coach. What makes a good coach? Yeah, I think there are a lot of good coaches that do things differently, right? But uh, I think culture is extremely important. You know, getting guys to buy into a system, to trust each other, you know, establishing roles on a team. Uh, You know, I've been on teams where guys don't know what their role is, and it's just – you know, they're doing things that they shouldn't be doing because they don't know, you know, what coach wants from them. Telling the truth, holding guys accountable. You got to be able to say the, the hard truth to guys. You got to be able to hold them accountable and coach them, you know, and, and having the right players, having got guys that want that. I mean, those are just a couple of things in my opinion. And then you talk X and O's in basketball, preparation. You know, I've been on teams, you, you don't watch much film or you're watching way too much film or you don't even know how you're going to attack the team you're about to play against. Right. Just keeping it simple, getting your guys prepared. But I would say, you know, for me, that's what I have learned in my short career. I would say those things. Final question from uh, Texas Tech fans on Inside the Red Raiders is what was your favorite thing about Lubbock uh, your, you know, when you were here? Yeah, it sounds cliche, but the people, I mean, I know all you guys. I know Pete well, but people like Pete and uh, just the community was great. Like, obviously, we're we were good. So people were showing a lot of love to us, but I go back every year and meet new people and interact with people at my camp, which I know we're going to talk about, but you know, I just feel just appreciated, not just for like the time I had and on the court, just as a, as a person, you know, really good people down there. Uh, they love hoops. You know, I love hoops. I could talk basketball with you guys all day and they got good, you know, for the most part in Lubbock, they've got a lot of really good values and people who, you know, value similar things that I do, and that, that makes it easier too. Hey, Matt, uh, tell us how it is playing over in the over internationally. You know, I saw a video. You, Matt Mooney, Matt Mooney hit a three ball. 
Uh, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's it's okay, man. It's different. Like, I'm really missing in America right now. I've been over here for the last. You know, I came over here in August, so I don't even know, you know, nine months or whatever that is. Uh, so it, it's just long. The weeks we play one game a week. Um, the basketball is a little different style, but I'm experiencing new culture. Like you know, Turkey. I'm in Istanbul, Turkey, and it's a, everybody. You know, people talk about Istanbul being a great city. Big city, 20 million people. It's definitely different. You know, most of the people here are Muslims or raised in a Muslim culture. So um, it's different than America, especially now in America. You know, the basketball is different, but I'm experiencing uh, a lot of different. I mean, my dream was NBA always, but, you know, I'm still getting paid to play basketball and experiencing different parts of the world. So, so it's good. Well, the TBT coming to Lubbock, uh, that's huge. July 19th, United Supermarkets Arena. Uh, we know on the Air Raiders, you're on the team. Tariq Owens is on the team. Davide Moretti is on the team. So now I'm hoping you guys are trying to get other Red Raiders on the team. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Sorrells is uh, is really connected to everybody and trying to find other Red Raiders to, to play, but... You know, I would love to play with the guys that I played with. I know Culver probably won't play. I mean, he's, you know, working on uh, signing in the NBA. And, you know, the CBT's got former NBA guys, guys that play in the NBA. But, you know, like I like Brandon Francis. I think Brandon Francis wants to play. I, I think he's in Indonesia right now playing based on our, our text a couple of weeks ago. But, yeah, Keenan Evans would have been great. He's hurt. He got hurt playing EuroLeague. I don't know. Zaire Smith is, is around. I think he's in Lubbock, and I don't, I don't know if he's healthy or not, but it'd be great to get him to play. Um, I actually just played against a guy here in Turkey, John Roberson, who played at Tech. Uh, I'm not sure when he was there, but I know he was – I mean, you guys could probably tell me. You know, he. I've heard that he was a really good player at Tech, right? Yeah. He was? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I actually just played against him last week, and, uh, you know, he said <clears> – <throat> afterwards I talked to him, and – you know, he said that he was planning on playing TBT with us. So uh, I think we'll have a good squad, man. We have a good squad. But will you call any guys like Adonis Arms or some guys that maybe you would love to play with? Oh, I'll call them, yeah. I mean, Adonis would be great. Bryson Williams would be great. I'll call those guys or whoever Andrew wants me to call, but I would love to play. I'm trying to win it. So the better players we can get, the better chance we got to win. It's a good tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, no doubt uh, it's going to be great for you guys to get back on the court, but uh, what an opportunity for the fans to see really a, a Red Raider dream team. Uh, I, you know, I would think uh, the building's going to be packed and once they start selling tickets. You would think everybody in Lubbock's going to want to be there to cheer for you guys one more time. I would think so. I, would, I mean, I would hope so. I do hope so. Yeah, I'm anxious to see what the crowd is like. You know, a group of guys that have played many, you know, different teams. But I know the fan base is is awesome down there. And I would hope that they would come out and support us. You know, they're doing it in Lubbock for a reason. So I think they're anticipating we'll get a good showing. So it'd be really fun if that place was filled up. No doubt about it. Well, meanwhile, you're coming back to Lubbock to, to play in the TBT. And then after that, your fifth annual camp. I can't believe it's it's year five of this. Tell everybody the details. Uh, registration now open at mattmooney.net. Uh, time to get your kids in. I'm going to vouch that this is one of the best camps around. You guys do it right. Uh, learning, skills, but also giving some life lessons out there as well. 
Yeah, fifth annual. I feel old, man. I can't believe it's the fifth <laughs> year. That's crazy. Uh, but every year it gets better just because I learned from the year previously. And I'm bringing some great coaches in with me. You know, I got Red Raider Pump and Supply that's going to sponsor, be my main sponsor, which is going to help me get some great coaches, give discounts and scholarships to kids who can't afford, you know, the full price. So you can register at mattmooney.net. Uh, I know that's kind of .net's an old website uh, .com was taken, but mattmooney.net. Uh, you can register. You can sponsor camp. You can apply for a camp discount. All the info is on there. It's going to be August 7th through 9th, third grade to eighth grade. And then, you know, this year we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to have a uh, elite camp, an invite-only elite camp for the high school group, just so I can have a chance to work with some of the top high school guys and use my connections to help them get recruited, play at the next level. And, and also, as we were talking coaching, just to work on some of my coaching skills and you know, I'll bring some some great other coaches with me to that to really help these guys, and it'll be a one-day camp, and it'll be a lot of fun. Well, uh, when you get here, what's the first food you're going to eat when you get to Lubbock after being over there in Turkey so long? And I know yeah. when I get back to Chicago, I'm getting some deep-dish pizza. Yeah. <laughs> in, in Lubbock, that's a good question. Uh, Shag, one of, the, one of the boosters, got a great spot, Table 82. Um, yeah. Been there a few times. You know, when I was at Tech, we, we were spoiled. They just gave us three meals a day. And I didn't do much besides, besides Chipotle. But actually, now I'm thinking, Vitality Bowls is a place I really like. I like the uh, acai bowls. Nice. Well, man, I know we can't wait to see you, and I know fans can't wait to see you in the TBT, and I know kids can't wait to see you at your camp. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Thanks for getting the word out, guys. And, you know, people are starting to sign up, so um, try to get as many kids in as we can. But there's, there's a limit on space, but we'll try to get as many in as we can, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you, guys. Yeah, and, you know, we were going to give the Turkish team name to Pete to read because we really couldn't pronounce it, but what do you do with only one game a week? Yeah, well, are you guys going to try to pronounce it? Well, <laughs> not me. <laughs> no. You, tell us. Go ahead, Pete. You're the TV guy. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't I, – I can't do I, – I don't know. I could use it in Scrabble, though, and win a Scrabble game. Dar Shufaka? Yeah, Dar Shufaka. You got it, Sean. Uh, so, yeah, anyways, during the week, you know, right now I got my girlfriend is out here with me, so um, that really helps pass sometimes. We do some things we explore a little bit um, and, and get out and see different places in the city, but traffic is... is Traffic is so bad here. I, I don't like to drive very much uh, unless it's, you know, later later at night or like lunchtime. But I'm working on, a, on some things on the side, you know, like preparing for this camp is something I do to pass the time. Um, I have a, uh, a startup business that I've been working on for the last two and a half years that, uh, you know, I had an idea for this robotic defender that you can practice against that also provides feedback to help you with your jump shot. And, you know, now I got some business partners in the States and engineers and, you know, we're raising money. We've raised, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars right now. And, you know, so every night I'm, I'm on phone calls talking to potential investors and <laughs> pardon me. So, you know, that's a lot of fun. Uh, that passes my time. Um, you know, they, I'm not running the company, but it was my idea. And I'm obviously still very heavily involved. And then, 
Yeah, I read, I talk to family, friends. You got to try to do something. I'm not a video game guy, so. All right, life in Istanbul. That's uh, Matt Mooney with us today on the Rock and Pregame. And uh, when we come back here, we've got three questions. This is the rundown. Three questions. No time to think. Well, that'd be easy. Um, so that is uh, coming up next here on the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame live from Bubba's 33 on Rock 101.1. More of the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame from Bubba's 33 in minutes on Rock 101.1. It's the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame on Rock 101.1 with Pete Christie, Jared Johnson, Sean Dillon, and the host of the Rock and Pregame, Jeff Scott. It's the rundown. Three questions, no hedging. Here we go. Jeff, how many games of the 13 remaining will the Red Raider baseball team win? Out of 13, I think they can win eight of those. Jarrett, is there a first-round draft pick currently on the Texas Tech roster, and who is it? I think there's a couple of guys who have that potential. Tyler Shuck, he has a monster year, and Tech wins a lot of games. Um... Steve Linton, maybe down the road, has the athleticism. And Joseph Adedire um, also has the potential as another edge rusher who could be a first-round guy. Pete, Lady Raiders signed Florida transfer Jordan Merritt. Will the Lady Raiders make it to the NCAA next year? And what would be their seed? Yeah, that Merritt uh, is from Plano, so she's coming home. And then Tech also got Logan Johnson coming in, the Houston basketball private school player of the year. Chris DeGerlich tweeted out, you'll be in, on campus in 21 days. A lot of excitement. Yes, they're going to get in. I'll say a uh, nine seed. And that, All my right. friends, is your rundown. All right, well, thanks for listening. Thank you to Bubba's 33 for having us out again today. The food is amazing. If you look for a place to be, come out to Bubba's 33. It's, you know, it's, it's I wouldn't exactly say it's a lovely day outside, so uh, <laughs> just just come on in. And uh, Bubba's got the TVs going. they got great food. And uh, Pete housed a, uh, a, kid's, a pizza. kid's pizza. I mean, you know. He probably took it from some kid. I would have got the wings. They're good too. Yeah, yeah they, they are, good. are amazing. Yeah. But, you have their uh, chicken strip basket too. Oh, that's yeah. Good. Those are really good. Everything's good. I, the, the chicken parm sandwich. I haven't I, had that. Oh, yet. that's good. That sounds good. But uh, no, thank you to Bubba's. But uh, yeah, thanks for listening today. This has been the Red Raider Outfitter Rock and Pregame Show live from Bubba's Thirty Three on Rock. 101.1.